If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's wrong for President of the United States to seek help from a foreign power in a presidential election. That's not okay. But let's be frank, a national nightmare is upon us. Uh The basic rules of our democracy are under attack Uh from the president. We begin tonight with a series of admissions by the president that all but assures his impeachment in the House of Representatives. It all but assures his impeachment in the House of Representatives. A national nightmare is upon us. Has Chuck Todd just realized nobody ever holds anybody to anything crazy they've said in the past. That's clearly true. So he's grandstanding. Lon He Chen is uh, the David and Diane Steffi Research Fellow at the Hoover Institution, Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford University, host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen. Joins us now. Lon He, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine. Top of the day to you. You wouldn't think it'd be possible that we could have another conversation with you where we're at, like, a higher volume of of stuff than we have in the past, but it just keeps going there. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, the volume keeps going up, but it's not clear to me that it's really affecting how anybody feels. You know, I mean, that's the staggering thing about all of this is that the outrage meter uh, continues to rise. And, you know, people who think that the president is a crook still think the president is a crook. People who think the president is a savior still think the president's a savior. And it's not entirely clear to me that evidence that comes out of this current inquiry, I mean, unless there's like a dead body somewhere, it's not clear to me that that any of this matters to how anybody feels. And it's such an amazing thing that that's where we are in our political system. Yeah, I've been saying that all week long. I've yet to see a pundit I like or a, a person in my personal life change sides and until i see at least one person actually change their mind on this stuff I'd... yeah to that point on i think there are two constituencies number one the truly persuadables the the traditional democrats who voted for trump and also the crowd that a lot of friends of armstrong and getty are in they say trump's a loose cannon he does stuff that just gets in his own way 
but I love what he's doing. And no, he shouldn't have said what he said about the Ukraine. That was dumb, but I'd rather have him than anybody else. I mean, you've got to move those people, don't you? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you know, you, there's two different theories about why Trump won the election in 2016. Uh, one is that you had a bunch of people who said, you know, we'll give something a try that we've never tried before and see how it goes. And, 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 and so it was truly sort of a, a, a new kind of voter that came in that crossed over to vote for him. And the other theory is just, look, Democrats didn't show up. And so, you know, depending on which of those theories you believe in, that's going to drive how you think this next election is going to turn out. But but to get to the Trump constituency for a minute, I think you're absolutely right. I think there are a lot of people who look at all this and say, yeah, I don't particularly care for the guy. I do think he's kind of a jerk. He's probably a little crooked. But at the end of the day, we have a three and a half percent unemployment rate. The economy in the U.S. is doing a heck of a lot better than anywhere else in the world. And there are a number of things from Supreme Court nominations to regulatory reform to, you know, health care policy where you think, you know, I do like what he's done. So you hold your nose and pull the lever for him again. I think that dynamic is absolutely there. Yeah. And I wonder, I'd like to hear your opinion on where Nancy is on this at this point, Nancy Pelosi, if she really wants impeachment or not. Because if it comes down to a choice between Trump and Elizabeth Warren, Trump is going to win. And she might know that. Maybe maybe at this point she thinks our only hope to get him out of here is impeachment. I don't know what she's thinking. I think she is um, giving herself some optionality. I think she's going to see how this inquiry plays out. She's going to see where the evidence goes. I think what she also wants to do, quite frankly, is to give the progressive base what they want for now in the hope that if this thing crashes and burns, she's got enough time next year to resolve or to, to, to figure out how she can at least keep the House or at least figure out some way to, to complete the, the to, to ensure the Democratic Party doesn't completely crash and burn. So it may be the case that she's sort of giving them a little bit of rope now and seeing where it goes. But I don't think she's completely committed to this thing to answer your question. I don't think she believes 100% in impeachment. I think she is sort of she, she's signaling to the left, I'm giving you what you want for now. Let's see where it goes. But she could very easily pull the plug on this if she wants. How do you like her whole she's so sad and prayerful being drugged through this horrifying situation uh, angle? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody honestly believes it. Since everyone, <laughs> cute, everyone, everyone sort of knows that Donald Trump was going to get impeached from day one. That was always what the Democrats wanted to do. And it was a question of, you know, a friend of mine put it well. He said, you know, the, the, the verdict doesn't change. It's the charge that changes. <laughs> and so they have to figure out how, how to change the charge to match the verdict. And I do think some of that's going on here. And, and by the way, I don't think Adam Schiff is a particularly good front man for this whole thing. That's an I understatement. Mean, not, not, not to say that they've got better front men or front women, but he's not very good. Well, he told a four Pinocchio lie yesterday, according to the Washington Post. Lonnie Chen is online from the Hoover Institution and Stanford University. Hey, Lonnie, the White House in the last 24 hours has announced that, no, we're not cooperating with any of this stuff because it's not a real impeachment. You haven't had a vote. Um, so, so nah, 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 nah. What do you think of that maneuver? Yeah, I mean, at some point, here's the problem. At some point, they are going to have to cooperate or at least appear as though they're cooperating. Because the, the challenge is that as bad as what the Democrats are, are doing is optically in a lot of ways, what would be worse would be for the White House to appear not transparent. Because then it appears like you're hiding something. So while well, they make before, it loud and clear, we will be as transparent as your picture window as soon as they have a vote. I think that's yeah. a good strategy. 
Yeah, I mean, and I and I, I I think the Democrats, you know, it does force the Democrats to go on record. It forces them to do the, the, the procedural elements they need to do. But, you know, the, here's the challenge. If you say that, you better be willing to be transparent when it happens. And that's what I'm not sure about. Is there any chance if this, uh, you know, we're leaving out the, the dead body scenario you threw out, you know, the, the stuff we know now. It would. I could see the House saying, yeah, we got to impeach the guy. They pass it along to the Senate. And the conventional wisdom is Republicans have the votes to keep it from happening. But is there there's a crowd there? You know, Mitt Romney. Well, if he felt like there are other Republicans that would vote to remove Trump, I could see him saying, yeah, let's do it. Let's get him out of here. Start over. Are there a number of Republican senators that in secret would absolutely uh, jump on board if they could get together to, to toss Trump? Yeah, I thought about this a lot. I, you know, the problem is you got to get to 67. And I, so it's going to take more than just a few. I mean, you would need, a, a, you know, 14, 15 Republican senators to sort of say, yeah, let's get rid of this guy. You know, I can count maybe four or five for electoral or other, you know, personal reasons. And, and the names are? Um, you know, I think I think I think Susan Collins is, you know, could be wobbly. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I think uh, I, I, you know, for some for for electoral reasons, someone like Cory Gardner in Colorado or Tom Tillis in North Carolina. Those guys have really tough reelection campaigns. But you don't think there are enough in, in secret that uh, if they if they got the nod, the secret handshake, they'd go along with it. No, I just I don't I don't buy it. I think that I think the president really has a lot of people in the Senate who aren't just with him grudgingly. I mean, I think they're, they, they, they have to embrace him more than grudgingly. Well, then you really get to the what's the point angle. I mean, wh- what are you going to get out of it, Democrats, if you go through this whole impeachment thing knowing he's going to stay in office? Well, I think it's just to make a point. I think it's to make a political point, and I think it's to have an opportunity to, do- to, to try and dominate the news cycle with negative information about Trump. The problem is that theory is flawed. You, you cannot dominate a news cycle by definition that Donald Trump is in. And so you know, <laughs> now, now, now what you're trying to do is you're trying to do something which clearly no one's been successful at so far. And, and I, I think this whole thing comes down to a giant political and messaging exercise. Right. And, wow. and, 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 and that is, I hate to say it, but that is the core of politics now. Well, I was going to say, Lon, he, it, it pains yeah. me, pains me to say this out loud, but there are some politicians who will give the base what they want, even if it's a bad idea. You think? <laughs> I've recently come to that realization. I interrupted you. You can make the the point better than I could. No, I mean, my point is simply that I think, you know, the, the, the Democrats and people who don't like Trump have been talking about impeachment for so long that this is kind of where we're going to end up. And, and you know, I'm, look, maybe they just need to get it out of their system, whatever it is. But the reality is to return to the original place our conversation departed from, it's not changing anybody's minds. And, and I'm not sure how effective it is unless it's changing people's minds because, because we've got an election next year. And the only way that Donald Trump gets removed from office is at the ballot box. And if that doesn't happen, all this other stuff is moot. Hmm. There's a good book out now, and you're a professor. You teach this sort of stuff, so you might be completely aware of this. But we did this once before. There were enough people that hated Andrew Johnson. They just wanted to get rid of him from the beginning, and they just kept throwing stuff up against the wall and went through the whole impeachment thing. And they just didn't have a good thing to stick to boot him out of office. They just wanted him gone. They just basically didn't like him. They, and, and that's I think we're going to do it again. Well, you can argue that's what happened with Bill Clinton, um, you know, I've, fa- fairly or not. I mean, B- Bill Clinton actually did perjure himself. But, uh, you know, some say that really that impeachment exercise is really about people who just didn't like Bill Clinton. 
Um, and, and you could say the same thing about Johnson. You could say, say, say the same thing about Trump. Now, with, with Trump, there arguably is a little bit more here that people look at and say, oh, that's kind of that doesn't seem right to me. It doesn't seem, you know, it doesn't seem like that. You should have done that. But it, the thing people forget is you cannot conflate the legal side of this with the political side of this. Impeachment is not about the law. Impeachment is about politics. It's never been about the law. It's never been about trying to hold him responsible for a crime. It's strictly about politically. Does the Congress believe he's committed these high crimes and misdemeanors that are worthy of removal from office? And that is a political, not a legal matter. Lon Hee Chen, David and Diane Steffi Research Fellow, Hoover Institution, Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford. Lon Hee, great to talk to you. Thanks a million. Good to be with you guys. Thanks. That's really good, and you can't say that enough. It's a political thing. It's not a legal. Quit making your legal arguments. Well, except the the legal arguments move people uh, politically, poll wise. I'm not sure they do anymore. <laughs> that's that's a good point. Yeah, I think they I'm, did in the I'm, past. I'm talking about the standard playbook. Yeah, everything's different now. You got to establish it to run to set up the pass. Wow, it's going to be an interesting uh, couple of months. No you doubt. You think? If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.